going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Soapstone. My name is Jake. I am joined by my co-host, as always, Dave. How's it going tonight, Dave? I am sated. Ah. My thirst has been quenched. What about satiated? Yes. <laughs> Both of those, sated and satiated. I'm also that. Anything that starts with S and ends with aided. Hmm. I am sedated. Sedated, yeah. <laughs> Trying, now I'm going to... Um, you, yeah, you're I'm just seated? Now you're, no, you're seated. I am seated. seated. That is correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it also applies. Huh. Anyways, the, yeah, I'm sure slated <laughs> to record this podcast. Yeah, gotcha. I'm gonna use that as a segue to get off that. Um, <laughs> thank you for the food, by the way. Mm-hmm. We had some delicious uh, tacos, some chips, and I think the word the term is guacamole. Is that is that did I say that right? <laughs> guacamole. Um, it's really good. So, you know, get yourself that. Treat yourself. Yeah. Uh, live by me and order from that place. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, coming off that, I'm ready to talk about tonight's episode, which is Bloodborne. Oh, I thought it was something else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, snap. <laughs> Shit. Um, so Bloodborne's been on the list, I suppose, for a while. We knew it was going to happen eventually. You know? Yeah. I mean, we've talked about pretty much every other souls game dark souls 3 is coming duh, don't worry about it yeah <laughs> um or everything else from from soft in that space pretty yeah. much mm-hmm. i don't think we're ever gonna do demon souls no um <laughs> but bloodborne has been on my radar for a very long time i just haven't gotten around to going back to it yeah because initially when it came out i was like i don't have a ps4 then i got one i was like all right i'll try it out and i was like get my ass kicked yeah and then it took me like three years to go back to it yeah, I picked it up when I got a PS4 as well. I obviously got my PS4 after you did. Um, you had it for a Fucking while first. Poser. I know, right? Um, but at the time, I was playing things like Monster Hunter World, um, eventually like Spider-Man and um, Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, I had made a character on Bloodborne. I was like, make sure the disc works at least right. <laughs> uh, but I had not uh, put the time into it. that I knew it would require because it is like a full FromSoft game. Yeah. But it plays really nice. Um, I gotta say, it's definitely more aggressive than standard Dark Souls. Yeah. Where pretty much every Dark Souls playthrough I've had initially is the full sword and board. Right. Where I go just a meaty boy who, if he does get punished, even though he's uh, Z-targeting and strafing, yeah, um, he'll be okay. Uh, this is full go in yeah. or, and dash around, which was nice. A nice change of pace. If Bloodborne was looking at Dark Souls, it'd be like sword and board, more like sword and board. So what Jake did there <laughs> is actually, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it, that that is probably one of the biggest changes uh, to the formula is the decision to go super aggressive. So this was coming after chronologically in the Soulsborne series. Uh, also, the reason it needs to be called the Soulsborne series at this point. Uh, was after Dark Souls 2, but before Dark Souls 3. Um, and it really it really shows that uh, they were willing to kind of like adapt to the console market like a little bit more. Now, admittedly, Dark Souls is, has come out for everything, right? But if I think True. about like um, something I really would want to play on a console with a big screen and all of this going on, like I feel like 
Bloodborne is that. Now, I have no evidence to this point, and I realize I'm kind of backing myself into a mental corner. All right, I'll let but, you continue. Go right, on. Right, <laughs> yeah. But, like, the ability to turn the gamma up on the screen, no, it's like, uh, like, I get why people appreciate Bloodborne, even if they weren't fans of the whole Dark Souls series. Um, and I think it's just more approachable as a game, which is interesting because it is so much faster. Well, yeah, I think if you go back to, like, more legacy Dark Souls, Demon Souls, Dark Souls 2... Uh, everything looks and feels kind of janky in comparison. Mm-hmm. Whereas Bloodborne really fits in the PS4 space for how smooth it is. The graphics are really nice as far as how it conveys everything in the world. Right. Um, Browns. And how, it, and how it hides everything in the world. <laughs> uh, one of my biggest praises for Bloodborne, I know I've mentioned this to you many times, mm-hmm. um, even before the podcast, so there might be an area that's very misty. They yeah. like to obscure things from you. And they have all these like lit candles, which are like mostly melted up these things of steps. Yeah. Um, so you just see like these little flickers of light. Cool. Candles and mist. I gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, some of those move because they're not candles. <laughs> they're the eyes of a bird that's just laying down in the mist. Yeah. And then it will attack you. Freaking crows and things. Yeah, but they yeah. do things where it just becomes like a natural camouflage where I'm always like, where does the corner actually end? What's yeah. going on? So it keeps you on your toes. There's a lot of levels that have like statues all over the place that look like they any one of them could yeah. be an enemy, right? Um, I'm glad that weapon durability is so high because there's a lot mm. of times where I will just attack random things. Yeah. Is it a secret door? Is it an enemy? Okay. <laughs> that's that's one thing though. Like for all of its mist and obscurity, and it's definitely a much darker color palette overall. This is kind of the um. This is the uh, like Cthulhu mythos slash Victorian vampire story of uh, this whole series, but um, I definitely had somewhere. Oh, I was gonna say uh, they don't actually have um, illusory walls at all, or at least I didn't see any. They don't have any in the main part of the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that one exists in a chalice dungeon. Yeah, that'd be. And they did it, I guess, for shits and giggles. That's but funny. yeah, I thought there might be for the longest time. Yeah. But then I never saw anything, so I'm like, okay, maybe there actually isn't. I kind of like that too. So like, I played. I didn't re up uh, uh, PSN for this, mm-hmm. uh, so I was playing solo. But I know, I know, listeners, jeez, calm down, settle down. We're calm the calm lo- down, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> We're the ones running the podcast here. Now, uh, it's nice to not have to rely on messages to to learn some of that stuff or be like, oh, do I have to check every single wall? Uh, no. If there's no door there, there's no interaction there, then it's it's nothing for the most part. There's like yeah. a couple. There's a part you can break a window to like move to a new area, but it's in a upper, upper cathedral ward. Um, yeah. But uh, for the most part, like... You can tell, um, like where enemies are and things. They still hide things. They'll put like bodies around corners and like back in nooks and things. Oh. They always will. But yeah, every time you see a body on the ground, I'm like, did I already kill that? I better kill that. Yeah. Um, but it's got the uh, it's got a much darker uh, aesthetic. Well, in I many ways, part of that is because there's not usually, if at all, like a sun. Yeah. It's always like sunset, uh, nighttime middle of fucking night yeah as you progress through the game and things get more spoopy yeah yeah sunset nighttime and then like the nightmare the nightmare proper uh which is really cool because like they don't none of the other 
uh, Souls games really do something like that, where there's this world state that's progressing like as the game moves forward. So the triggers in this case are like when you beat bosses. Um, Certain key keynote bosses. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, the world will transition and that'll impact things like, oh, are there... Um, in, like you never really see NPCs out and about. There's one location you can like uh, tell them people in their homes to go where it's safe mm-hmm. in Cathedral Ward. Um, but there are there will be uh, little incense lanterns outside of people's houses, um, like these light red lanterns. And if you ever see that light red lantern, you know there's a person there. You know, like if you run up to the door, you'll be able to interact with them, which is really cool. Um, because with like just a little bit of train, like mental training, you're just like, gotcha, immediate identification. And I love it when games do that without outright telling you anything. Um, but if the night progresses too long, if we get, if he goes into nightmare and there's still all these people out that you haven't saved or like sent back, uh, they all die. <laughs> like they're all gone. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I think I saved one old lady and yeah. sent her to a cathedral ward. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause a lot of other people have triggers. We have to either fetch a specific item for them or kill a certain enemy and be like, it's safe to go this way. Right. Uh, but people die a fuck ton. Yes. Because the night is dark and full of terrors. <laughs> that is, that is from this series. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely a bloodborne quote. Yeah. Um, but it's really unique because a lot of the enemies start out humanoid, mm-hmm. but are kind of slightly transformed into beasts. Right. Other ones are just They're hairier complete. than you, like a little bit. Hey, that's saying a lot. <laughs> I'm a fuzzy boy. <laughs> um, but then they do have like these kind of standard monsters, like a giant pig. Right. Uh, the crow enemies I was mentioning. Mm-hmm. But then the further you go into the game and as the game progresses, you're like, I don't know what that is. Yeah. Um, but I don't like. I hate it. I hate yeah. it so much. Yeah, this game like it starts off and it could fit into like a vampire story. Well, it's like um, it's it fits into gothic horror. Exactly. Yeah. But like as you progress, it becomes more and more and more like Cthulhu mythos. Um, yeah. Like a hundred percent. Like the first enemy you encounter. So you have your opening cutscene and you get your your uh, blood transfusion. Um, and you wake up and head downstairs and there's a, uh, a, it, it basically like a werewolf or something like a giant wolf. Um, and that's your, you're probably going to die to this enemy <laughs> at this yeah. point in the game. Cause you have no weapons, right? So you karate chop it to death. <laughs> yeah. Right. Or, or you run a run out of there. Yeah. Or die. And my case, it just died. I tried to fight it. Got, I got some damage on it. It even has a half health bar, which is kind of funny. They're just like. We'll let you try. Um, but, uh, yeah, if you die there, you'll wake up in the, the Hunter's Dream, which is the... Hub world. Yeah, basically the hub world. Um, and the point you always go back to uh, whenever you use uh, lamps that are hidden like around the world. Not necessarily hidden. They're your bonfires. <laughs> um, and it's actually like... I'm going to have probably not met that many gripes with the game but this is one of my gripes is that I didn't like, there was no way to reset an area without returning to the hunter's dream first. Um, short of using. Oh, you're saying that like in dark souls, you could just go back to the bonfire yeah. and you'd see the enemy five feet away. And be like, I'm back. <laughs> yeah. I have reappeared. Yeah. And before the listeners write in, I realize there's an item that allows you to reawaken a lamp. It's like brave hunters mark. I think it's the same thing as the, um, 
the bone the homeward bone homeward bone yeah um but that costs money <laughs> not all of us were born rich yeah. so think about others <laughs> the other part is if you ever want to go between areas you always have to go back to the hunter's dream mm-hmm. before you go to that other area oh yeah because mm-hmm. a lot of times i'd be like um well i'm gonna explore around here for a specific item or path i want to explore okay i want to go over here yeah have to go back might as well stop by the shop see if i can upgrade anything as far as weapons uh talk to the little messengers who are throughout all of the lamps yeah and shops they're like these like little skeleton torsos yeah, kind of yeah um but apparently you can give them items i couldn't figure out how yeah i didn't figure that out either yeah but i saw like little hats and ribbons and stuff that they would wear and i'm like that seems like the cutest thing ever <laughs> yeah they, they start out like pretty creepy but they become mascots really quickly but in the hub world itself of the hunter's dream uh, they're nice enough to sell you items such as blood vials which are your way to get health back oh yeah mm-hmm. uh, and quicksilver bullets which is ammo for your whatever your left-handed weapon is i never bought those though no um because <laughs> you can actually get the blood vials and quicksilver bullets from enemies yeah over time i did buy the vials i didn't buy the bullets yeah you don't I didn't really go through that game uh, using weapons. Sorry, using the ranged <laughs> weapon. <laughs> just, I just fist. I'll talk them down. Yeah. Diplomacy all the way. Speech yeah. check 100. <laughs> Don't kill me, please. <laughs> uh, it wasn't until I got the cannon weapon, which oh, yeah. was like a giant... It's a fucking cannon. It's a, it's a cannon. It does a lot of damage, but it takes... Ten. More, it's it ten. takes more than half of my clip to yeah. fire it. So I would use it once in a boss fight and then go back to slapping yeah but to talk about the weapons um a good deal of the weapons are trick weapons Mm -hmm. meaning they have two forms so you have your base form which is quicker Mm -hmm. and shorter range yeah but then you also have like the the penis (laughs) yes you have (laughs) it's much like a penis in many ways first i do small quick strikes (laughs) and then i extend it and (laughs) anyway (laughs) but it's Obviously, you're doing more damage when it's in its extended form. Right. And you have more range. Mm-hmm. Stop smiling. I'm going to just keep smiling. <laughs> but for me, uh, it was hard to keep it extended the whole time. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, because it was hard for me to react to boss movements. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mainly, I went through the whole game with the saw spear, okay. which is pretty much like the, the axe. But I'd go in, uh, get some slaps, and then I'd dash away and reset my positioning. Mm-hmm. whereas if i use the whole ranged form i would get in a slap and as i'm going to do the animation for the second one i've already been hit three times i'm like yeah, yeah. but it's really cool because you can also interlace some quick slaps into Transforms. you can extend the weapon yeah. during your attack animation yeah to kind of interweave that but i uh again suck <laughs> I, sp- I went back to my dark souls one strats of like hit move out of way of being hit yeah there was a. I had a different experience with the transform weapon. So my first was the. Um, actually, I don't even remember what my first was because I swapped it out really quickly. As well, soon the as starters are like the threaded cane, the axe, and the other one that nobody yeah. picks. I think I had the saw very briefly. As soon as I found like another weapon, I picked it up because it was the Kirk hammer. I found that. And I was like, all right, this is this is my life now. So its primary form is just like a silver sword, pretty standard sword move set. Um, and its secondary form is the sword goes into the handle of the axe and it's or not the axe the hammer and now you've got a giant hammer it's like if you played monster hunter world you know this is fine with me 
Um, I, structurally, though, I can never envision how that works. Really? Because if you like, think of a sword, right? It kind oh, of yeah, goes to no a sense. point, <laughs> and it's like, no, this will sustain most of the weight of the <laughs> hammer portion. I'm like, ah. it's like maybe if the uh, the sword extended like all the way into the hammer, it does. So like the the blade is completely obscured. If the weight is on the hilt of the sword, there's a chance. There's a chance it could maybe not. work. <laughs> the thing I don't see it working anyway whatsoever is if there's any weight or striking pressure against the sides of the blade. Yeah. Which I assume would be the case and would invalidate the weapon. The TLDR is Dave can't suspend his disbelief <laughs> in a game that involves monsters. <laughs> but I did use uh, both. Uh, forms of the weapon a lot because there was a there was a massive difference for that weapon like if you're using the hammer form your slow your attacks are much slower Mm -hmm. but they have um crazy amounts of stagger uh and it's a two-handed weapon if you transform it not all of them are but this one is uh so you can't use your gun um but your l2 attack is replaced with a um kind of like a horizontal sweep is that like your weapon art yeah, it would be the equivalent of basically like a weapon art. There's no cost to it in Bloodborne because they're just like, be anime. <laughs> but, you do, you kid. Yeah. Uh, but um, if I chained together uh, light attacks, um, it would basically stagger most enemies I encountered. So after I learned their moveset and I knew that I could get in one hit, I could deplete my entire stamina bar just doing damage to them stun locking them back out and do it again and that was pretty good that seems solid uh the the r2 was also like pull the hammer back behind you and just like charge 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 smash like you are playing monster hunter that's your full work on the railroad (laughs) yeah um and if you could hit a boss or something with that um a lot of times you could uh stagger them and open them up for like a visceral attack and is that like a the equivalent being in Dark Souls, where like you've broken their guard. Yeah, they're po- they're poised, they're like, right? Ugh. Yeah, yeah, same deal. Um, and the visceral attacks in Bloodborne are like they're legit. They're really cool. They are anime, but they're really. Did cool. you ever put your your hand up the pig's ass? <laughs> I didn't do that, but I did visceral attack a pig from behind. <laughs> okay, because like every time I've seen that animation happen, yeah, for a lot a of visceral attacks. <laughs> You kind of like go in with your hand, not even the weapon, and just uh, kind of yeah. like rip out what would be the equivalent of like their heart or whatever guts are there. Yeah. It's just the animation and the noise. There's not actually like <laughs> stuff. But for the pig from behind, it's it was always just in the butt. Right. Huh. Uh, I'm going to clarify for the audience. None of this was probably animated with, with it's the like, actual It's like, you know that one episode of Black but, Mirror? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no. Um, Initial attacks do feel really good. You could also stagger enemies with the projectile weapons, right? Yeah, uh, that would be your uh, parry equivalent to Dark Souls. Um, but only some moves are parryable, just like Dark Souls. Like I said, I didn't figure out a lot of this stuff, so I would not get hit mm-hmm. and then hit. Yeah, I mean, it's still it's pretty good strategy across the series. <laughs> um, but yeah, a lot of times if an enemy uses like a charge-up attack or they dive at you or they do something that would... Uh, leave them kind of flat-footed. Um, you can kind of shoot them out of the sky. I use the blunderbuss. As, as yeah, mine, I use that a lot too. Um, which gave you like pretty good spread, so you didn't have to be as accurate as like with the the pistol. You're more likely to to stagger them. Um, and then they would recoil. Like um, they had their poise broken, like you mentioned in Dark Souls. You could run up and R1 to uh, perform the visceral attack. Um, 
it's really good against bosses because it does so much damage. So yeah. much damage. Because bosses always have a good deal of health as they are bosses. And when you hit them, you're still getting damage in. Yeah. But it feels like chip damage compared to that was a noticeable chunk of damage. Yeah. And you mentioned you mentioned chip damage, which like probably matters more in in uh, this is like one of the big differences between Dark Souls and Bloodborne is in Dark Souls you almost always have a shield or you just don't get hit, but uh, it's really common to run through with a shield and a weapon, and you'll just try to block as much incoming damage as you can. Um, you don't have to focus on dodging. Like complete opposite in Bloodborne. Uh, try to dodge as much as you possibly can but if you get hit like attack them back right? yeah because you have that little section of like recoverable health um there are some like fighting games that will do that as well mm-hmm. where it's just if it times out they're like well you didn't want it back so you lost it yeah um but it is nice if you get punished by something but there was a longer animation you can get some hits in she's not like oh i got hit run behind some scenery, inject self with health. Yeah, yeah, which is the Dark Souls way. Drink your Sunny D. Yeah, but um, it keeps you in the fight, which is nice. Mm-hmm. But yeah. there are times where I would get hit by something. I'm like, we're not chancing that, and I would book it and be like, antidote, potion, another yeah. potion. It does really reward, uh, even even some sometimes I think more than Dark Souls in both cases like boss fights, large enemy fights. It's about knowing what the enemy can do mm-hmm. and like working around it. But in Bloodborne, you mentioned you know running away to heal. There's always the option you can rally instead. So you're like if you know that they committed heavily to that move, or you know their move set, and you're now in like a blind spot to them or something like that. Just unload. Like use your fastest weapon and just like slice and slice and slice and slice and get back all of the damage they did to you yeah um which feels great and it also gets blood all over the place which is like (laughs) maybe maybe more than is reasonable that happens in bloodborne (laughs) no it's it's good it's real good i think the main time i figured that out and really utilized it was against Vicar Amelia. Yeah. Who's this nice nun at a church mm-hmm. who turns into this giant uh, beast with a lot of uh, bandages coming off of her. Mm-hmm. In true anime fashion, blindfold too, right? Like she has stuff over her eyes. Yeah, because blindfold chicks are hot. <laughs> Especially if they're giant werewolves. Wait, I didn't know. I take that back. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of her animations can be like quick sweep claw attacks. Mm-hmm. But she also is clutching a rock or something mm-hmm. oh it's a pendant the pendant yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but she has her hands kind of balled up around it and at a point like she kind of goes up and like you see like the big animations coming down yeah and she like slam on the ground and there's a decent amount of area damage around that yeah so meanwhile if you're smart like me you're like getting the fuck out of the way of that <laughs> you go behind and maybe you got a uh, clip by a claw attack earlier yeah you can just beat on the blind spot or where they're not going to be able to react as fast and now I've just repeated everything you said. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, it's it's a standard, like, approach to a lot of these uh, beast fights. Like, especially the legs. Those will be uh, weaker or they'll have their own kind of, like, health pools. So if they you do enough damage, um, it'll, like, knock them to the ground. Then you can go up and attack yeah. the face. Yeah. I got a lot of visceral attack opportunities from just hitting the same spot on bosses. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't by my own design. 
I hear piping. <laughs> it wasn't by my own design and ingenuity. <laughs> yeah. It was just that was the spot where I felt I could get in attacks without being punished. And then I found out that fact after the fact. I was like, oh, hey. What if I went back and I like just had soft bagpipes like just right there in the episode? <laughs> just, like, <laughs> just really kind of quiet. And you're like, wait. <laughs> <laughs> oh, piping. Ah, yes. <laughs> oh, yes, the Moors. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, yes, the Scots are back from war. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, it's... I, I feel like the boss fights are some of the most iconic areas of the the or iconic moments in uh, Dark Souls, much like all of the Souls series. Yeah, but there are definitely some throwaway bosses throughout the Souls series. You're like, yeah. Yeah, particularly two. I'll, I'll defend two on a lot of ground that I know. Well, okay, even going back to one, Ceaseless Discharge is like a weird oh, yeah. <laughs> type of thing. Right. Um, <laughs> everyone hates the that fourth Lord Soul with uh, you're fighting a tree. And lost Isolith. Oh uh, yeah, everybody hates uh, that. Curse Rod Great Wood. Yeah. Wait, no, I'm thinking Isolith. of Isolith. Isolith. One. Yeah. You're oh, thinking yeah. of three. Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking of three. I'm thinking of three. People also hate that boss. Yes. Uh, but um. Crap. What is the name of that? Can't even remember. The no, Witches of Isolith. Yeah, that's something like that. There's a reason that we've blocked out our memory oh, of it. Shitty boss. It's 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 so bad. We're not even going to talk about it. Uh, in in Bloodborne. I found that most of the bosses were um, like quite good. Actually, they were they were pretty enjoyable to fight against. Um, and some of the early bosses really set the tone for that. Like for me, uh, so like two two bosses you encounter earlier: the uh, the cleric beast and uh, Father Gascoigne. I think I'm pretty sure I fought Father Gascoigne first. Really? Yeah, because uh, I saw the monsters, the wolves on the bridge. I was like no <laughs> like the other way <laughs> so i did uh fight father gascoin who's like we haven't really talked about much of the story because we don't do that here no we don't <laughs> but uh he's like succumbing to the beast curse and he was a hunter who was out hunting beasts but he's yeah. he's slowly you are also a hunter who's hunting beasts yes <laughs> which which means uh you have cool weapons mm-hmm. um but you also have an amount of beast blood to be able to fight on par with the beasts, mm-hmm. but you're essentially protecting other people because beasts are evil and they're yeah. killing shit. Yeah, there's a lot of things derived from blood in this game. They live up to the name entirely. Yeah. Um, but uh, Father Gascoigne is, you fight him in a, um, cemetery. a cemetery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like the headstones are all like destructible to his attacks. He just like goes to town on a lot of it. Um, there are some I think that can't be broken. You can kind of just hide behind him and pray <laughs> yeah which was a great idea um but then he also has a blunderbuss mm-hmm. whenever i go to heal he'd be like nah well, what if he didn't though <laughs> um and then like midway through the fight he'll transform into his full beast form uh much like the books i think beauty and the beast yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. i never should have taken that rose <laughs> i was going for animorphs but that works too. <laughs> <laughs> um but uh, you can actually talk to his daughter Mm-hmm. Um, who will, you know, have you go out to look for him? Be like, oh, my mother went out too, uh, but she forgot to bring the music box. It's like it's always uh, useful when he forgets us. And you're like, okay, that's a weird thing to say, but sure, I'll take your box. Um, and if music you... box, <laughs> yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes. And if you use the music box in the fight, it will um, stun him. He'll recoil and kind of like clutch his head. Um, so a certain number of times you use it, I think. Uh, which is really cool. I really like like this sort of layer on the fight 
that FromSoft does. Um, did you have any trouble with uh, Father Gascoigne or did you just wipe the yep. floor with him? Yeah. <laughs> so initially, my first hurdle was the Cleric Beast when I very initially played the game. Yeah. And the only reason I was fighting the Cleric Beast is because I heard you had to beat it to get a certain weapon or yeah. progress a certain part of the story. And then later, my next hurdle was Gascoigne because he was just kicking my ass. I didn't know the timing or pacing. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just really roughing it. But then I got past him and I was like, okay, smooth sailing here on out. I'll never fuck up again. Then there's like the next boss fight. <laughs> boss fight. Yeah, that was the that was how the game was for me too. I was like, really? Yeah. The health bar showing up? All right, Brave Hunters mark out. <laughs> Anytime I see an area that's like a little bit too open, I'm all like, something's going down. Yeah. This is why I don't go into like any type of field. <laughs> right. I'm suspicious. Right. Any Just, type of stadium? Mm-mm. No, thank you. Like ducking behind benches at the food court. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the fog? <laughs> um, but I really did like Gascoigne's fight mm-hmm. uh, because he's one of the few people who you can face who's humanoid and a hunter. Yeah. So we'll be alternating like, hey, here's a melee attack, here's a range attack. Because a lot of the ones are more like cleric beast where it's, hey, I'm a giant beast type, I'm very aggressive. Yeah. I might have easier to read animations. Or if it's the blood starved beast. It's impossible to see what's going on. Oh, yeah. I just know that I'm poisoned and scared. <laughs> That's pretty accurate for that fight, too. Um, yeah, they, they, they do a good job with it. I think in Dark Souls, you could basically separate the fights into, like, monsters and knights. And in this one, you could separate the fights into, like, beasts and hunters. And uh, Gascoigne gives you a taste of both. <laughs> yeah. Hunter in the first phase and beast in the second. He's not the fastest. Like, there are other... Um, there's a hunter of hunters you can find the crow lady can't remember her name but nobody cares she's not a boss no no she's you can't fight her as she is a character in the game (laughs) but she like part of her little side quest is she hunts uh hunters that are going crazy that are actually losing it and you can assist her in those fights so one of them actually happens in the cemetery where you fight gascoin and Man, am I bad at fighting hunters? That's that's the takeaway. Like, I'm glad I didn't have online on because these guys kicked my butt. Continually. You've been invaded. Yeah, well, the guy who you actually help her fight kill. Mm-hmm. This is the one I did accidentally. Yeah, um, he was actually a friend of Gascoigne's, and he heard mm-hmm. that Gascoigne had passed, so he went to go visit him. But I guess that also drove him crazy. Yeah, and then the hunter of hunters is like, and you're dead. Yeah. It's like this this whole series also like isn't noin 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 it's not uh what's after eight <laughs> noin noin i was gonna say it's not um like tragedy is not foreign to the series or like sad storylines and things like that but surprise man bloodborne just has like all of them almost everybody dies basically by the end um most of them tragically like the little girl who gives you the music box her uh story is you either uh, send her to the clinic and fake Yosefka like performs experiments. That, uh, uh, that, that one does happen. Uh, it does. If you, yeah, yeah. Um, cause I think you sent her in yours, right? No. You sent her to, the... I told her that her, both of her parents were dead and she got sad. Uh, so she didn't leave the house. Gotcha. Okay. Her, her sister apparently also shows up at one point too. Really? And, uh, yeah, well like go crazy depending on oh she kills herself depending on what happens to the little girl nice, right. but anyways um, if you tell the little girl to go to the uh uh the cathedral ward mm-hmm. she gets eaten by a giant 
pig like, along pig. the way. Yeah, on the way there. And you only know that from like the item that's dropped if you go back through that area after yeah. that event has transpired. Mm-hmm. It's not like there she goes. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. No. I hate to see it. No, it's not like a cutscene where know. you stand there and she runs off. Uh, but yeah, you get the messenger ribbon from the pig afterwards. Um, so that's sad. And like that pretty much is just continued. Yeah, through it's all really it. par for the course. It's dark. <laughs> it's a dark game. Um, but, you know, uh, you, you can spread some light by using a torch, which makes a <laughs> resurgence. What kind of segue was that? People weren't expecting that one. Uh, also, you know, available in Dark Souls. But um, it's always less effective when I use the torch than when enemies use the torch. <laughs> I don't know what that says about me, but... They have better animations for it. Because the only animation I've seen that you can have for the torch is like a light poke forward. Like, yeah, you, get away. <laughs> I tried to use it against beasts, and they're just like, now nah, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> if you hit them with it, like if you dodge the side and then hit them, mm-hmm. they do a decent amount of recoil because okay. they're essentially being set on fire. Right. <laughs> which you know, as opposed to being slashed, which NBD right. happens yeah, no, all the time. Nobody cares about that. You can just... Do a couple slashes of your own, get your health back again. <laughs> um, but I, I did use the torch a lot throughout the game because range weapons are not used for a whole lot of damage, and I wasn't right. utilizing the the parry, the stagger or parry yeah. at all. Uh, so I'd go in for light, and then I would slap some things and run away. I yeah. wouldn't even use the torch's animation. It's just I can see where I'm going. I can see who I want to kill or not get killed by. Yeah, I think. I think one thing the torch actually did for me is there's there's a couple areas in the game that are really dark. Um, you know, surprise, surprise. And uh, as far as theming and Bloodborne, like so much of the game just is just like, hey, you don't belong here. There's stuff and rituals and monsters and things and you shouldn't be here. Like they just hammer that home with like what you're running across and seeing and... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, going through old Yarnum on the way to the uh, Bloodstarved Beast. Yeah, there was the the part with the uh, like the praying. Uh, were they undead? What were they? Um, Which part of old Yarnum? So it's after under under. Uh, you're going through avoiding the gunfire. Oh fuck that! Guy. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Um, and you can fight him. He's like a hunter. If you don't and you get past a certain other point in the game, you can come back and actually talk to him when he's peaceful, apparently. He's like, how'd you get over here? (laughs) Yeah, this doesn't make any sense. Uh, But behind him, there's a giant, like, cathedral with a bunch of uh, monstrous people in it that are, like, worshipping something, and there's a creature kind of, like, hung up in the middle of the cathedral. Yeah, it's a big beast that's, like, strung up from the ceiling. Yeah. Which, because I played that Dark Souls, I'm like cautiously yeah, like the boss, it, right? like, yeah, where when's it starting <laughs> um but it's super creepy like you yeah. hear them chanting as you approach it and it gets louder and louder and yeah yeah the whole game's uh full of spoops mm-hmm. everything is you basically find out later that it's a uh, it's people mm-hmm. that have transformed into these beasts and have kind of lost uh, their sanity Mm-hmm. So you put them out of their misery so they don't kill other people. Yeah. Or you, more specifically. Um The game doesn't hide it that much though. Like no. the first the like the first main area outside of the clinic you wake up in, there's like 
uh, a gang patrolling the streets basically looking for beasts and they were all pretty hairy like a little suspiciously hairy and then like a large pyre with a werewolf looking creature being burned surrounded by townsfolk and you're like you're all real hairy (laughs) 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 and people call you a beast when they attack you yeah yeah but i think part of it is like they know that you are an outsider mm-hmm. and you are aggressing because a lot of the humanoid enemies will say away away yeah and and they see you as the threat to be fair i'm a badass yeah right but <laughs> it's not like you're minding your own business and they start like hacking you they're like this guy's trying to like ruin our lives yeah they see you as a foreigner to yarnum and the the this is the night of the hunt what are you doing out here yeah um yeah no it's it's freaking great <laughs> i don't know where i was going with that i think like the the aesthetic really like i love a lot of the encounters you experience throughout the game this is a large jump ahead but um well hold on are we talking encounters as far as level design level and design enemies? yeah because there's some really cool um places that you can go one of them is um the, oh, the night- places you'll go <laughs> the oh the places will go so this is a large jump ahead but it was memorable to me but the um the nightmare of mensis um yeah and like i fucking hate the one thing that you might be mentioning yeah so there's uh the, the monsters here are cool because they uh are pretty humanoid but they have like their head turned to the side and then their mouth opens sidewise Oh, like, like if it was a vertical mouth versus a horizontal. If, yes, exactly. Yeah. Vertical mouth instead of horizontal. But their eyes, you know, they're on the side of their head. It's like it's it's weird. Um, and there's other really cool designs there. Like the pigs there have like a head covered in eyes, uh, which is yeah. Uh, <laughs> but in particular, I think you know where we, where I come from. There's a mechanic in this area where there's a large building with like a bridge uh, ahead of you. And if you're in the open, it flashes orange and you start getting stabbed by invisible like knives, which for the most part don't do damage to you. It doesn't seem like it, but it builds your frenzy meter, which is basically it's um bleeding yeah. equivalent. Yeah. It's like, and in, in particular in Bloodborne, it's your ability to like deal with paracausal effects, things like screwing with reality because it takes massive hits whenever monstrosities are doing things to you. Yeah. Um, but it's whenever you're in the open. So if you take, take cover behind a rock, the light goes away. The frenzy stops building. Um, and you can kind of move from cover to cover after the frenzy drops. Um, which is already really cool. You're like, what is up there, right? Like, it's about the questions. Mm-hmm. What's up there? Uh, but so to hammer in how cool it is, the enemies are afflicted by the eyes, like whatever's up there as well. So if you're behind cover, but you bait enemies into the open, it like flashes orange and their health starts dropping fast. Yeah. There are lots of times I'd run through the area and I, cause I just didn't want to fight and get caught in that, but something else would move around and I would just get free souls, essentially blood echoes. Yeah. Because I'm like, that guy's dead. <laughs> <laughs> it's really cool. And like, from stuff's really good with environmental storytelling like all of the enemies you meet their neutral positions before you like aggress them or whatever they're all hiding behind rocks or they're behind cover in some way 
It's really cool. Did you ever find what is uh, up there? I did. I dropped it. <laughs> uh, it's like the um, it's like the mind of Mensis or something like that. It's something I I I looked it up later, but I didn't see like a name for it. Well, essentially, from what I've researched, it's supposed to be like the nightmare version of the doll. Oh. Oh, oh, you mean the the, the monsters up there? Yeah, 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 yeah. Which as soon as like you see them, your frenzy just starts spiking crazy high. Yeah. Um, but if you look at the actual character model. Um, it's the exact same outfit as the doll, mm-hmm. which is your, what's the equivalent? Like of a guide, Souls? Emerald Herald. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Where you can cash in things to level up character. Yeah. But and like down to a T, it's like, this is the same thing. Yeah. But as you're in the nightmare, it's supposed to be like the nightmare corrupted version. Yeah. They have like a huge head, like full of all of these eyes and extra arms and yeah. teeth. They have a they have a mechanic similar to the um the Dark Souls three uh like prison wardens where the, when they see you your health goes down uh except in this case when they see you your frenzy builds and it builds fast like and it does a lot of damage so it's really dangerous to be around them. Um, the other thing I was gonna mention in the Nightmare of Mensis in the early parts mm-hmm. before you can get up to that bridge you have to go through a building of sorts. Yeah. Inside oh, the yeah. building is uh, a decently open room. Uh-huh. Uh where you can see like 20 spiders suspended from the ceiling. Yeah. And no matter how old I get, no matter what the game is, I fucking hate spiders in games and it makes me get a little bit of that nervous sweat stuff going. Yeah. Uh-huh. Where I just need to like get flustered and I just like have to like dash through the area. Did now, you... Thankfully the giant spider can't follow you through the doorway. Yeah. The downside is the rest can. <laughs> <laughs> so I ran back out the entrance and like got to the, the entrance to the, mm-hmm. the cathedral place. I'm just like, hope you guys like coming through one at a time and start hacking away with the great sword. <laughs> yeah. I, that's what I did too. I was like, let's conga line this shit one at a time. Yeah. The problem is the big spider has like lunge attacks that go through the walls and stuff. So oh. you, gotta, you gotta be careful with that one. I just avoided that like the plague. Yeah. It was, it was pretty bad. That whole area is just made, 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 it created to make me very uncomfortable. Also, the the big thing, the lantern, is a giant, like, uh, ascendant mind of Mensis, basically. It's, like, completely covered in eyes. Um, and if you get past all of those uh, doll creatures, I think they're called winter lanterns. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> doll creatures. Uh, there's a switch you can pull. And like chains drop and the thing covered in eyes falls through a hole down to like a lower level and you deactivate the lantern effect uh, for the whole the whole map, which is awesome. I might have hit that lever indirectly and not realized that because mm-hmm. I had already opened the shortcut to go forward. So I never needed to go back. It's optional. Yeah, the hmm. whole thing's optional. There's like a cutscene for it and whatnot, too. I was like, I have no idea what's happening right now, but as it turns out, that could be a theme for many things that occur in that game. Um, yeah, a lot of it for me was just exploration. I didn't really look up anything unless I was like, I seriously don't know how to progress forward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I just look like, where do I go after here? And they'll say, check this spot. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Small stuff like that. And like, uh, one mechanic I do want to talk about is, like we mentioned Blood Echoes. That's your... Uh, your Souls equivalent. Yeah, your souls. 
uh, currency and level up and everything. Um, but insight is the other and insight yeah. is super cool. Like this is something that they never replicated in like dark souls three. And usually it's something you kind of only see in Cthulhu esque games or whatever, but basically it's a stat that indicates how much knowledge your character has of the beyond. Mm hmm. Um, and because of what's actually going on in Bloodborne, uh, it impacts a lot of things. Yeah. So the very first thing I think it impacts is the doll and yeah. the hunter's dream. Mm-hmm. The very first time you go there, uh, she's sitting down and not moving. Yeah, just a doll. But as soon as you get at least one insight, she's standing up and like will move around from place to place. Mm-hmm. A little bit weird. Yeah, it's really um, cool. If you go back down to zero, though, it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a boss fight where if you have any insight, it will summon in these otherworldly ghosts to attack you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the witch fight. Like mad spirits. Yeah. But if you have no insight, they don't summon anything. Mm-hmm. And you can just go and it's like the easiest boss fight in the world. Yeah. I didn't know that until I like saw it later. Um, also, there is a creature in the game called an amygdala. Yeah which is huge and terrifying. Yep. They are invisible to you until the nightmare events trigger mm-hmm. unless you have enough insight, in which case you realize they're fucking everywhere. Yeah. They're like gigantic spider demons. Yeah. They're absolutely crazy. And and the game has like a really cool interaction for the first one, which is like right outside Cathedral Ward near the uh, the lamp, where if there's an item on a, a body, you can run and collect and when you do that, uh, you might see like a blue light uh, ahead of you that like moves toward you. And I kind of dodged out of the way of it because I'm like, no blue, no blue lights in my neighborhood. <laughs> like, I'm not dealing with that. I have standards. <laughs> but um, if it touches you, uh, you get pulled into the air. Um, you gain insight, I think, uh, and it afflicts you with frenzy. I'm pretty sure you die. <laughs> yeah, it, you immediately die. Um and what you find out later is if your insight gets to, I believe, 40, which is pretty high, um, you can see that it's actually one of the amygdalas up there, like on the wall of the building mm-hmm. you're spawning in. Like you can just see it when you run outside and you're like, oh, oh, oh God. <laughs> but it comes down and it grabs you with its hand. Um, and if you can see it, then it actually transitions you to um, the DLC. Yeah, that's how it started. Oh, okay. So, because I was thinking of the one that you actually have to do for story progression, where oh, you yeah. get a key item, mm-hmm. so it doesn't kill you; it transports you to that area. Oh, maybe I'm confusing those then. Because you have to get the tonsil from a patches. Oh yeah, yeah. And then you go back. You get picked up by the amygdala, and you get transported to the other dimension. Gotcha. Yeah. There's there's a couple of them and they do different interesting things. One of them has a laser. <laughs> yeah, that was some Breath of the Wild bullshit right it there. Was, yeah. Oh man. But I I always I don't know who started that. It probably some anime. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna say Akira. Yeah, probably. Right. Um, the original the, the first anime. But like yeah. the laser gets drawn up, and mm-hmm. then the explosions happen afterwards. Yeah. You're like damn, that's cool. Yeah. No, that's a really cool mechanic that they literally never use again it's just yeah, there on that one and most of the other ones actually like ignore you or don't attack you there's really only two i think that interact with you yeah there's one that turns its head away when you get close i'm like 
What does that mean? Are you shy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you want to talk about it? Because it's like it's clinging to the side of a building and there's like a railway or railway, a walkway across the side of the building that comes really close to it. So you would theoretically be able to get really close to its head. But as you walk past, it just like turns. Hmm. Which is like, hmm, no, not this. Really interesting. Yeah. The other uh, the other mechanics for insight is you need to spend it to co-op. Um, anytime you summon in somebody, it costs you one insight. And then uh, you can spend it with the messengers to buy powerful items like the buff, uh, bolt, or fire buffs, um, or pieces of gear. Specifically like uh, boss gear. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. if you beat Gascoin and you want his set, you can buy that with insight. Yeah. Otherwise, standard equipment you get, you can just pay Blood Echoes to the other messengers yeah. at a <laughs> different font. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is it has some impacts on gameplay. So like in the Vicar Amelia fight, if you have high enough insight, uh, you can hear her talk throughout the fight, apparently. I don't know what she says because I was freaking dumb, but uh, you can hear her talk. Um, and there's these like church priests that have like rods they like to stab at you and cut you up with scythes and do all this other nonsense um and if your insight is high enough all of those weapons get buffs <laughs> they just have Good. that's why the size glow is because they've got the buff on them it's like they say knowledge is power yeah, right for my enemies apparently yeah but it's really cool i like it and yeah. it also made me feel every time i co-opt i was like am i dropping myself below an insight threshold am i gonna miss something later because my going back to being super dumb. <laughs> I don't know. It's something I, I definitely want to replay through at a point. Maybe try a different build. See if I can explore some other areas and learn some things. Yeah. Because uh, what I did is a very linear playthrough. I didn't really get to get to. Mm-hmm. I chose not to do the Chalice Dungeons. Because <laughs> right. um, in comparison to the overworld, they're pretty boring. Because mm-hmm. I really like the design and going through and set pieces of the actual Bloodborne game. Right. Like when you got to the forest, that was some cool shit. Yeah. When you went to Kanehurst Castle and everything was frozen over and they had like these blood sucking leech monsters, which are way leveled higher than I was. Um, They just did a lot of cool stuff with it as they have with other games. Mm -hmm. And I really enjoyed exploring those sections. Did you fight Abritus at all? Daughter of the Cosmos? Because she is optional. I think she's part of Chalice Dungeon. I mean, like, well, I fought her. Um, she's an upper cathedral ward, which is an entirely optional area. Um, is that past where you would get the Ludwig's? It's if you emblem. if you start at the um, cathedral ward lamp and then you go right to like the healing church. You go up the elevator to the healing church, or you can drop down to like I think Old Yarnum or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, if you make it through all of that, keep climbing the tower instead of going inside of it. Uh, there's a locked door at the top. Yeah, I never actually went back to unlock that door. Yeah, that's up Upper Cathedral Ward. Um, but uh, there's two fights up there. There's uh, I think it's emissary from beyond or something like that. Which is like, there's a bunch of like little mushroom people, kind of similar to the the little mushroom people from Dark Souls One, actually. Are they mushroom people or are they like me seeks? They're me seeks, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. They're yeah. kind of just like space aliens. Yeah, <laughs> <in a> sense. <laughs> That's what they look like, and they're in this like garden, 
and then the boss health bar shows up it's like emissary from beyond or whatever and uh you can like start killing these little me six uh me seeks and uh the, the health bar doesn't move and you're like huh and they keep spawning around you and you're like my weapon has only so much durability uh, but if you look uh, beyond you can find one that's not like coming at you to attack it's kind of just getting close and then kind of like watching um he looks the same as everybody else but he's not attacking you you're like hmm the rats fight from two <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah it's it's pretty much the same uh but if you wail on him enough like the, you hit him the health bar starts going down you're like gotcha this is the guy <laughs> get him get him hurt a bit and then he transforms into a giant one and starts taking swipes at you while all the little ones are also like trying to pile in on you uh and that's a fight <laughs> yeah um but uh i don't know it feels hilarious to beat these these mushrooms um then there's the lamp and you're like great area done because there's nowhere else to go unless you look through a window there's like a stained glass window next to you and you can be like huh it kind of looks like there's stuff beyond there like a room or something you can attack it to break the window and jump down yeah it's like semi-hidden it took me a minute to figure it out but long story short down a hallway and fight uh ibritus uh daughter of the cosmos which is literally an eldritch horror <laughs> um and then she doesn't attack you until you attack her first and even when you re-engage the fight after she's kicked your butt uh she doesn't attack you till you get close and you're like am i the baddie interesting is this Cthulhu to think the good guy? That can't be right. It might just be like a a defensive yeah. thing where it's not trying to aggress and start shit. I need to go back and do some of these optional fights because I actually missed a, a good deal. She's kind of a pain. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> she has like tentacles that she swings around the, the arena and none of that's happy. It's all a lot, lot, lot of damage. <laughs> That's a lot of damage. Yeah. I gotta say, um, for everything I did, my favorite fight was uh, not not the host of the dream. Right, the, the worst fight. Yeah, worst no, fight. Um, it just wasn't fun. It wasn't like it was hard. Mm-hmm. But I loved, 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 loved uh, Murgo's wet nurse. Yes. So for those who haven't played it, or to uh, reawaken the boners of those who have. Mm-hmm. you go to the circular arena so you know shit's going down yeah there's like a little stroller yeah mm-hmm. uh, in the middle and you hear like a baby crying which is creepy because the rest of the fucking game yeah um you can also hear that through the area leading yeah, up to it if you're if your inside's high enough you can hear the baby this is why i keep my inside low <laughs> no crying <laughs> children please uh so you go up there um and as your character approaches in the cinematic uh, something fucking drops from the sky and mm. just encapsulates a good section of that area. Yeah, including it, the stroller-looking thing. Yeah, and it like has these giant wings and it's cloaked, and then it like slowly unfurls and you like see like the wings. You see that there's not really a head. Yeah, but there's kind of like a free-floating hood that moves. Yeah, and then it pulls out its arms where it has like six and they all have big fucking swords. You're like, Oh yeah. But the whole set of animations for Murgo's wet nurse and the effects of when it transitions into like the darkness and it'll 
appear out of nowhere, but the blades are glowing. Mm-hmm. Mm. That whole fight felt so cool. I still got my ass kicked a little bit, yeah, mm-hmm. but it was the most enjoyable for me to play against. It's also like a really fair fight to a point. <laughs> like it's it's one where like all fights learning the mechanics and the movesets and yeah. everything gives you a much better chance, but um it's the most bloodborne like fight because basically the strategy is get behind the boss cuz even though Murgo's wet nurse like when she's swinging these scythes around, she'll like hit behind her some. It'll do some chip damage to you. Um, but you're just standing behind her wailing on her as fast as possible. So any of that chip damage gets healed but, uh, due to the rally mechanic. Um, and you can do like serious damage to this boss. Um, but then she starts to cheat and everything gets interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um... It's really cool, though. Also, I think you killed the baby. I'm not 100% sure, but since she encapsulates it... So the other thing is like after you beat that fight, like you see like the health bar goes away and it's like uh then it doesn't say anything. Normally they say like oh, yeah. pray slaughtered. Oh it it does actually say pray slaughtered. Then there's a there's a pause. Other way. From what I recall, anyway. Yeah. I I think we recall it two different ways, but yeah. So the way I'm remembering, um mm-hmm. I could be wrong. Yeah. Is after you deplete the health bar, um, it's still kind of like blacked out and like you're in the second phase of the boss fight yeah and you hear the baby crying for like a good like 20 seconds and it stops and then it says pray slaughtered and the lights come back on you're like mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna say the way i remember it, and then i want our listeners to write in and tell us which way is correct that's your homework we're gonna watch this right now <laughs> i know right so uh you beat the boss the baby actually starts to almost sound happy for a minute instead of crying I have no explanation for that whatsoever. But Prey Slaughtered shows up as soon as you beat Murgo's wet nurse. You hear the baby, then it gets silent. And then Nightmare Slain shows up on the screen. And that's the only time short of the optional end boss that Nightmare Slain shows up hmm. outside the DLC. I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm right on this one. <laughs> Could be. But it's the... Uh, it's the the implications of what's happening is like again not going to get into the lore but basically cthulhu things things can ascend and become great ones and uh the baby is an infant great one that's being protected by murgo's wet nurse and because she's like taking it like into herself to defend it in the boss fight when you kill her you kill it as you well. Kill the baby as well, and it's a great one. So it says nightmare slain instead of prey slaughtered for it, um, because for some reason they didn't want you to show you killing a baby. I don't know exactly why. You know, hmm. FromSoft done, has actually done this multiple times though, because in Dark Souls three, there is the oh yeah the dragon looking thing like half dragon <sighs> I... who fights with a baby in his arm until you do too much damage to him. Then he slams it against the ground and rages at you. Yes. Yeah. I can't remember the name of that fight for whatever reason. I can't remember either, but you guys know what we're talking about. You're dedicated fans of the series. We appreciate that. We'll talk about it when we cover Dark Souls 3. Oh, right. Yeah, I forgot we haven't even covered that game yet. No, that's so, uh, we're saving it. No one here knows what we're talking about. Then. No. But yeah. Bloodborne's good, though. I would say it um, really is. Um, even today, it holds up really well. It's not like you have to give it a pass or like run it with like a certain type of 
DS fix. Yeah. Or right. DS fix. <laughs> right. Or I guess it'd be BB fix. Hmm. Mm. Yeah. I, I know Dave usually does this, but if anyone out there is interested in the game, you can pick it up on Amazon. It's like 20 <laughs> bucks, game of the year edition. Super cheap right now. Easy peasy. Yeah. Um, and it will always hold a lot of value at $20. I don't know. It's just, it's really good. Yeah. Uh, musically, it did not stand out to me as much mm. compared to some of the other FromSoft titles. You know what's really kind of sad a little mm. bit is, um, I agree with you 100%. The track that stood out to me the most is the Cleric Beast fight because there's like chanting and yelling and nonsense and stuff going on in that fight. And it sounds really cool. Like, go listen to that after you guys are done listening to our ASMR podcast. Um, please. I like just like a full, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, f- full mouth effects. But yeah, other than that, I didn't really catch any tracks. No, people um, can correct us in the comments. Also, fun little fact: so the hunter logo that you see throughout the game, mm-hmm. it's not always super prominent, but obviously because of uh, FromSoft's inspiration from Berserk okay oh it's like pretty much the same thing it's the berserk symbol well it's a slightly varied version of the berserk symbol mm-hmm. but i think in the context of bloodborne it's supposed to be like a man who's being hung upside down from his legs and oh. his arms are gonna outstretched and he's being bled out that's interesting but i thought it was a spear. if we go back <laughs> to the berserk uh, logo itself uh-huh. that's actually a variation of the caduceus What'd you call me? <laughs> uh, Caduceus is the the staff with the two snakes swiveled around. That's usually used in like a oh yeah ca- initial old school like medical context. Yeah, yeah. The I got you. I for some reason have always said Caduceus, and I'm pretty sure you're right. And I've always the said the only wrong. reason I say Caduceus is uh, I think Neil Brennan has a joke about it. <laughs> Credit to whoever else if it was somebody else and not Neil Brennan. Yeah, but he's like. No, take Probably credit, wasn't Dave. It was you. It's me. I made this joke. Uh, the reason it's called a caduce hiss uh-huh. is because like you hit somebody on the head with it, which is the caduce, and the snake slithered away, which is the hiss. Caduce uh-huh. hiss. <laughs> That's a good joke. It's definitely not Neil Brennan. Now that I think about no, it. It was definitely you. Um, no, you can't escape that one. You know what else you can't escape? The outro to the episode. <laughs> yeah. So this is the theme. And then if you guys want to reach out to us, uh, you can feel free to send back in to us feedback. At just, just shout at your computer. Right, at the email address. Podcast suggestion. <laughs> better episodes. We don't get those. Yeah, podcast.com. No, we don't own that. Uh, soapstonepodcast at gmail.com or join the discussion on Facebook at facebook.com slash soapstonepodcast where uh, we post these. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and strong. Let's close it out. Yeah. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and have a good night. Yep. We'll see you in the next one. <laughs> <laughs>